here. We are locked on NFL alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock on this Friday episode where we break down Thursday night football. Look ahead to the week six slate of NFL games. We'll make our picks. I have some little nuggets and preview some of these football games coming up this weekend. There should be some good ones. You can follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Matt is a must follow at Williamson NFL. And you can find this podcast and all the shows here on the Locked On Podcast Network on all of your favorite podcast apps. Matt, I was about to start writing up my New York Giants apology note for this week's Peacock Apology (laughs) at about late second quarter. And then in the second half, the New England Patriots did their thing, as you would expect. They covered that 17-point spread, and it turned into a laugher there. At the end, 35-14 Patriots improved to 6-0 and now, the first team in the NFL with six wins. Giants fall to 2-4. and Yeah, I mean, it was a very interesting game for a half, as you mentioned. Um, I thought, I mean, they lost by a lot of points. They lost by 21 points, but... There's some good things to take away from New York here. I mean, you hung with probably the best team in the league for a while. If you, I mean, how's that game go if you had Saquon and Engram and Shepard or two of the three? I mean, they were really shorthanded. I thought Jones, all in all, passed the test I, th- I threw out for him yesterday. Does he look the part? Does he ra- is he rattled easy? Um, is he able to handle adverse conditions? I think for the most part, the answer was yes. Um, I didn't think... Brady played all that well. I mean, early on, missing throws, uh, the weather, the ability to drive the ball, and the wind looked compromised from him. Makes me a little worried for, you know, what's their playoff slate going to be like or late late in the regular season with bad weather. But if you had the uh, Patriots fantasy defense, you were pretty happy. I mean, they're just scoring from, unreal. you know, defense and special teams and finding a way and, it is a stifling defense and a rather well-coached team. Their fantasy defense right now is basically a top 10 running back or wide receiver. <laughs> really? Yeah, league. I bet so, that's about right. Yeah. yeah, so you're doing big things if you have the Patriots defense right now, but a lot of that is, again, who they've played. And it's tough because the Giants, you know, they're looking better. And I think you mentioned it. They're, they have, they're missing a, t- a bunch of guys, so it's really tough there. Daniel Jones, a tough task. Definitely his worst game so far uh, as a starting NFL quarterback, throwing the three interceptions. Mm-hmm. But uh, two wins from the Giants. You got zero wins for Washington, zero for New York, zero for Miami. You've got Pittsburgh has one win. So the Buffalo Bills, the only team they've played that have a winning record, they're 4-1 and one coming into this week, and they won that within one score. It was 16-10 to 10 games. So it's the only game they've played that hasn't been a total blowout. But it's the only team that's, that's looking at least semi-decent in this season. So uh, you got New York again next week for the Patriots. Cleveland is a little bit of a step up and challenge, as is Baltimore, but you really don't start to see some uh, really difficult matchups for the Patriots until the end of the season when they'll have this, basically the division will be wrapped up by week 11 after their bye when they face Philly, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City. Then there's a nice little stretch there. We'll, We'll really find out at that point where the Patriots are at, but man, some softballs early in the season for the New England Patriots, who are already... It's not to say that we don't think they're a good team because they haven't played a lot of good opponents, but, man, j- just such an easy way to breeze through this 2019 season for the Patriots right now. Yeah, and now they have an extra long week to prepare for next game, and it's interesting. I joined Joe Marino about a half hour ago on Locked On Bills, and 
what he wanted was an impartial person to come on and talk about the rest of the schedule for the Bills. And in the end, he's like, you know, I think we came up with them being like 11 and 5 when it's all said and done. So they could keep nipping at the Patriots' heels. But in the end, Joe is like, so what's it going to take to win this division? I'm like, 14 wins. <laughs> I mean, yeah. thir- 13 might make it, you know, I mean, so. Best of luck. I mean, the Bills could pretty much do whatever they want, and they're going to come to probably the AFC North crappy eight and eight, nine and seven team in Week One of the playoffs. We had Travis Wingfield of Locked On Dolphins on yesterday's show, and you guys talked about what you thought might be the thing that could slow down the Patriots, and I think we saw some of that in the first half, especially they're still figuring out their offensive identity, still trying to figure out how that's going to work. We saw that injury from. It looked really bad with uh, Josh Gordon, but he came back and, and had his helmet on the sideline, and it looks like it wasn't going to be as bad as it, as it looked there for him, luckily, although he didn't have a good game and, and wasn't in there a lot. Um, but yeah, that offensive line, I think if you have a really good defensive line, you could give the Patriots uh, some trouble on offense, and I think that's the thing that's really going to um, be the test for the Patriots later on this season. But man, that defense, even though they haven't played great offenses they're good. They can cover you. They can get after the quarterback. And so, um, yeah, the Patriots are going to be there and they're going to win this division. And the Bills just have to beat out the rest of the teams in the AFC, which right now doesn't look like it's going to be that difficult of a task if they can continue to play the brand of football they've been playing uh, with that stifling defense they have in Buffalo. I 100% agree. So um, it's hard to say how good exactly the Patriots are, but they have to be one in any power rank right now. Oh, they have to be. Yeah, it's nothing against the Patriots. I still, you know, they they fully have done everything they needed to do. So it's not on them that their schedule has been, you know, also a cakewalk on top of being a really good football team. Yeah. Let's move on and uh, take a look at some of these week six games. This podcast is brought to you in part by Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help get you to your favorite live event. Enter promo code kickoff at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. Okay, a big one here in the NFC West. We've got the San Francisco 49ers on the road at the Los Angeles Rams. Niners, the only other unbeaten besides those New England Patriots at 4-0. Rams at 3-2 coming off back-to-back losses. Unbiased view from Matt Williamson on the 49ers at Rams. Yeah, I don't think it's the worst place to travel to in terms of home field advantage for L.A., um, the Niners are down two tackles, but I think I'd rather be down tackles than guards and centers against Aaron Donald, and Brockers is playing really well next to him as well. Um, the key here, though, is I really think Goff is really two different quarterbacks when clean and when pressured, and I think he's going to be pressured a lot, and that Rams line is very problematic. Rams aren't running the ball very well to help that situation, the Niners are running the ball extremely well, and I don't love the Rams' run defense. I think 49ers win this game pretty handily. Okay, I agree because the 49ers are up front playing some of the best ball in the NFL. Their defensive line is unreal, getting after the quarterback. We saw the breakout game in primetime from Nick Bosa, who is healthy and fully healed from his high ankle sprain that he suffered in training camp, and he was playing a full complement of snaps, and he'd been more a little bit part-time uh, at, at the beginning of the season, now we're seeing D Ford, who's dealing with some knee tendonitis and a knee issue, and he's not practicing a lot, but he's playing in games, and he's more like 
the rotational rusher now, and he's in there on third downs, which is fine. Keep him healthy and let him get after the quarterback when you have guys like Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner and some big defensive ends that can come in there and play on early downs. So I love that for the 49ers. I fully believe they'll give Jared Goff all kinds of pressure. And the thing that I'm realizing here with the 49ers is that New defensive line coach Chris Kucerich, new defensive backs coach and passing game coordinator in Joe Woods, who came from Denver, who's been a massive upgrade, I think. And then you add D Ford and Nick Bosa, that pass rush, that defense, it's a completely different team than we saw last year. So you have to sort of erase your memory from what you've thought about as who the 49ers have been. This is the new team that they are. We saw it on Monday Night Football. They're good. They're for real on defense. And offensively, they're still figuring things out. And they can run the ball. Their offensive line is played out of their minds. Missing the two offensive tackles is the one thing that worries me here with the 49ers in this game. So if they can't run and also losing Kyle Juszczyk, I mean, those are big parts of the 49ers running game. You know, a lot of that has to do up front as good as Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida are. So the question is, can they run early and control football games on offense like they have? Or do they need to throw for points? And can they throw for points early and get that lead there then run the ball because they might not be you know gouging teams at seven yards per carry like they have if they're missing use check Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey in this one so can they throw for points is the question but the defense is for real and they will get after Jared Goff so this is going to be an interesting one and I do think the 49ers can continue that unbeaten streak yeah I agree with you We've got another London game here. This is the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks two and three. The Panthers three and two. I like this matchup. This is going to be a fun one. The Buccaneers have done a great job stopping the run. They're going up against the best running back in the NFL right now and potentially the league MVP for the first five weeks of this season in Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, this is a fun one and has divisional implications, of course, across the pond. It's 930 start Eastern. Um the Panthers are a very good pass rushing team. I think Bradbury's going to be on Evans, which I don't think is going to be the same as Lattimore on Evans last week, but I think it's a difficult matchup for the big receiver. And I'm expecting Jameis to turn the ball over a fair amount or be under a lot of pressure. I don't love the Bucks running game to keep this thing you know, closer to the best. And then on the other side of the ball, there's really no answer for McCaffrey right now, and the Bucks' pass defense is really troubling. I mean, no one's really running the ball that well on Tampa, but I think between McCaffrey as a receiver, Moore, Samuel, the Panthers put up a lot of points here. I like Carolina. I just don't think this is a great matchup for Tampa. I Looking at the line here, Carolina favored by two and a half, which isn't a lot. Uh, I, I'm going to take the Bucks here if I was betting on this one and just take those extra two and a half points because I don't feel confident enough either way, and I think the Bucks can do enough against McCaffrey in the running game to keep this one close. Uh, but I'm interested to see. I think Jameis Winston has, has turned a little bit of a corner with Bruce Arians as uh-huh. well. So that's an interesting one there. And uh, it's going to be a fun game, I think, in London. 6.30 a.m. for those Pacific Time football fans. Uh, you're going to have to get up Ooh. early with some coffee for that one. And by the way, uh, I didn't mention the line for that 49ers-Rams game. It was five. The, the Rams were favored at home by five. And I think that Monday Whoa. night football game skewed that now that Rams favored by three. So I'm definitely take the Niners with those extra three points in that one. Yeah, I hear you there, bud. Okay. Another early start. We've got the Seahawks at the Browns. The Hawks are second in the NFC West at four and one playing some very good football. If you're arguing against 
Christian McCaffrey being the MVP. Russell Wilson might be that guy you're arguing for uh, playing against the Browns. And I think we've seen the Browns are not that team that is going to be uh, the team that they were hyped up to be. But I don't think they're as bad as we saw them against the 49ers on Monday night. They're in at two and three right now. The Seahawks favored by one and a half on the road. Seahawks are clearly the better team. Um, I certainly trust their coach-quarterback combination far more. But that's not an easy road trip. I mean, it's kind of desperate times for all these AFC North teams, and you know, particularly the Browns, who came in with a lot of expectations. And I'm kind of leaning towards Cleveland. I, I mean, again, I think Seattle's the better team. But you get embarrassed like they did on a national stage. A lot of times in the NFL, teams will come back guns a-blazing. You know, like, you get embarrassed like that. They know it. But it's also, you know, a young team with a young coach dealing with a short week off Monday night. Things like that aren't as easy as people realize. I think this is going to be a really interesting game. And trust me, the Browns might get blown out in this one. But that Seahawks secondary is vulnerable. I think Odell breaks out for a huge game. And the Brownies win this one somehow. I think it's going to be really telling with the Browns right now. And uh, Baker Mayfield back against the wall. The 49ers did a number on him and then talked smack after the game. Richard Sherman with the whole handshake thing, which is still just super, super weird. I don't completely <laughs> comprehend. Uh, just Richard Sherman just needs a way to find an, a mental edge, I think, every week. And even if he has to make it up. Uh, but Baker Mayfield's kind of the similar guy. And so we'll see with his back against the wall here. How they respond, uh, they did not look like the offense that I thought they were going to be. And even when they tried to manufacture some stuff with Odell Beckham last week, it just wasn't working. And so that team could collapse, uh, but they still have a lot of talent. It'll be really telling how they come back here at home against a good team in the Seahawks. But I've got to take the Seahawks. One and a half points, I think, is not enough. And um, i got to go Seattle in this one because they're just too good. And I think... Russell Wilson's playing great ball, and they know their identity. We've talked about a lot about some teams that are even good teams that are still figuring out their identity. The Seahawks don't have to figure that out. They know who they are. They can go play their brand of ball. And in the end, I think it's the Browns coaching staff that has me the most worried there. I'm not sure Freddie Kitchens knows uh, exactly how to pull out of this thing. No, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Mine's a little bit more hunch than anything. There's just a lot of talent there. Teams that get embarrassed usually come back hard. It's at home. But the second half, I could see the dog pound booing these guys, too, if they're down 20. You know, I mean, it could easily get right. bad. Houston Texans at Kansas City Chiefs. Texans at 3-2. and two. Chiefs at 4-1. and one. Kansas City favored by 4.5 in this one at home. Is the over under like 130 in this one? <laughs> it's high. It's 55, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not even sure that's high enough. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a bonanza. I mean, two really fun, great young quarterbacks. I mean, from the same draft class, too. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs, but I don't know what the spread is. Whatever it is, I'll take the Texans plus the points because I think this is pretty close to a pick em game. I don't love the Chiefs' injury situation, and that includes Mahomes. I mean, I really think he has a high ankle sprain and is going to be hobbling around for a while. Yeah, and I... We're I think teams will continue to follow the blueprint until the Chiefs show that they can beat it. A little bit hobbled Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how bad that injury is going to be if it's still going to hobble him this week. And can the Texans rush for and play man defense and, and cover those guys? And so that's the question. I think that's what we're going to see the Texans try to do. And the Chiefs have shown that they're 
at least beatable. And I like the Texans. I like what Deshaun Watson is doing. And I agree with you, 55, it's the highest over-under on Sunday and Monday, this whole weekend. Uh, I would still take the over on that one, and it should be a lot of fun. The fact that it's over means a lot of points, which means four and a half uh, could get blown away easily. Of course, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be one that I'm definitely tuning into Sunday. Yeah, I mean, at Kansas City is a really tough place to play. True. I'm not sure I've mentioned J.J. Watt, though, since the season started. He's been as good as any defensive lineman in the league. I mean, he's been so good lately, and I don't love where the Chiefs' offensive line is right now or Mahomes' ability to escape pressure. Yeah, J.J. Watt's been the forgotten man. He was the right. best. He was Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald. He was the best defensive player in the NFL, and we have sort of forgotten how great he is. And even if you look at the pro football focus numbers, he's one of the highest graded defensive players in the league. Um, he's still getting after quarterbacks as a, as a pass rusher. He's got five sacks. He's got nine hits, 21 hurries. He's got an 87 overall grade from pro football focus. I'm looking at it right now. Um, he's still a great player, and it's it's kind of wild because he was like the poster boy for the NFL. He was doing TV commercials, and he doesn't get talked about a lot. So I'm glad you brought him up because I wasn't going to mention him again. But he, he deserves to be talked about. J.J. Watt's still a premier player in this league. Yeah, so he's back in a big way. The Washington Redskins at the Miami Dolphins. Zero combined wins between these teams in nine games. 0-5 for the Washington Redskins, they're on the road at Miami and the Dolphins, and I was wondering what the line would be here. Would they just give the Dolphins three points because they're at home and be sort of a pick em game? Uh, this game actually Washington favored on the road by three and a half. So that should tell you something about how the odds makers feel about these winless teams, that there's still a somewhat significant difference. I think they should be. I mean, if, if people didn't listen yesterday, the, the time we spent with Travis Wingfield was really, really good. And it's not just Dolphins talk. So if you're you know, not a Dolphins fan or not interested in what they're doing, I still urge you to listen to yes. it. It was quite good. Very good. But I really think that Washington is a much better team than Miami. And Washington stinks. I mean, I, I think there's 31 teams in the league, and then there's Miami. You know, I mentioned I was on that Bills podcast today, Locked on Bills. They're on a bye, and then they get Miami. You know, like my Steelers get that same situation a week from now. They're on a bye, then they get Miami. I mean, that's like two two bye weeks in a row. What a great way to get right. Sometimes you see, you know, bad teams have a little spurt of energy with a coaching change too. So yep. I think Washington wins this one pretty handily, and uh, Adrian Peterson might have 140, 150 yards. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was waiting for Travis on Thursday's show to – show like some things that oh yeah you know what i believe in this for the dolphins they could turn around and maybe win a couple games right. because of, and nope. he was nope i was like nope that that's not happening this year so um and i agree with worst you. offensive I, line he's ever seen I think ever seen said. i believe that was the quote yes in <laughs> and I, I agree with you the the coaching change the shakeup just a little bit of focus maybe just simplifying things a little bit and everyone being razor focused case keenum has played the best quarterback we've seen so far from washington He'll have the start this week, and so I agree that the Redskins might get a little bump here and uh, find their first W on the road in Miami here in Week 6. Yeah, and and that offensive line, say what you want about the Redskins, but Allen, Payne, Kerrigan, Sweat, their front's pretty formidable. And by the way, that was the that Texans-Chiefs game was the highest over-under at 55. I believe Washington-Miami is the lowest at 42 over-under. Hmm. I could also see Titans at Broncos being rather low. Let me check that one real quick, just to double check. Oh, you know what? You nailed it. That one is lower. It's forty. Huh. It's only forty and a half. We'll get to that game next. Absolutely.
Folks, it is a new season. The only thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the only place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So, folks, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and absolutely my bookie fits that mold. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business for you and your fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. I love that feature, by the way. Up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. You double your first deposit. Use our promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON when creating your, your claim, when you're creating your account to claim the bonus. Again, that's locked on, two words, locked on, bet, win, get paid. Okay, we teased it there, Titans at Broncos, definitely... Uh, the the lowest on the slate here for Sunday, 40.5 is the over-under. Denver favored by two at home at one and four. The Titans coming in at two and three, going on the road to play in a, in a fairly tough place to play in Denver. Have the Broncos turned a corner? Have they figured something out, Matt? I don't know. I mean, that defense was much better, was more what we expected for the Broncos, but man, the Chargers offensive line is really bad. I've been studying them because that's who the Steelers play this week. It's really bad. And Titans are much better up front. It is a really tough place to play. I rarely pick against Denver at home, but I am in this one. I think 14 points might win it. You know, both these quarterbacks have not been terrible. I know they're not lighting up the fantasy world, but Mariota's yet to turn the ball over. Before last week, the Broncos were doing a very poor job of creating turnovers. So that, to me, means Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. And that damn might break in the fourth quarter. I, I think Tennessee wins this one on the road. We've got another good one here. Sunday, the 3-2 and two Philadelphia Eagles on the road visiting the 3-2 and two Minnesota Vikings. And Minnesota is favored by a field goal in this one. I don't know that everyone realizes how well Carson Wentz is playing, too. I mean, it's kind of been a, an overlooked aspect of, of, of a big story this year. His receivers haven't helped him out with injuries and drops. But that's a tough challenge in Minnesota. I, I think the other side of the ball is more interesting, though. I mean, there's a couple teams that are really strong run or pass funnel defenses, and the Eagles are one of them where – you throw against these guys. I mean, running against the Eagles is really tough, and that's not a good matchup at all for Minnesota. But they do have Diggs and Thielen, and I know they've been the big stories, and they're really good players, and Cousins isn't a bum at home. Vikings D should keep this close. I'm going to take Minnesota in a really close one. I'm going to continue my pattern of taking the road dogs, which is not a great strategy usually but I like the yeah. Eagles in this one and I like what I've seen from them I think they're figuring some things out um I, I think in the secondary they, they do have some problems there but they can get after opposing quarterbacks I like the front seven I like on offense that they've I think figured things out and you mentioned Carson Wentz I'll, I'll just take Wentz over over Cousins, Cousins basically yeah. in this one yeah sure. and, and the way he's playing and 
I completely agree with you. He's not getting enough credit for how well he's playing. And going back to the PFF thing, he's one of the highest graded quarterbacks this year for them. Yeah, he should be. He's really playing at a high level. And I don't feel strong about my Vikings pick. Teddy Bridgewater, can he keep it going? He's got three in a row right now. The four and one Saints are on the road in Jacksonville to face the two and three Jaguars. Saints D, awful tough. And I think DJ Baby Shark's going to have a long day with Lattimore. It's going to be a lot of learning experience for him. Where's the rest of the passing offense come from? I think Minshew will be under a lot of pressure. Bridgewater certainly played better last week. I'm not ready to say that, boy, he's going to be a longtime starter in this league or anything like that. But the Jags D ain't what it used to be, and I think the Saints get the win here on the road. This one's crazy to me, and one of the easiest ones of the week. Uh, And again, I'll take the Saints, who are the underdog. Jacksonville's favored by one and a half in this one, which really surprises me. And it's not so much because of Teddy Bridgewater that I think the Saints will win this game, but they've proven that across the board, they're a good football team without Drew Brees. Their offensive line is good. Their uh, defensive line is good. You mentioned Lattimore, who's been locking people up, and it's been Minshew to Shark. And if Shark is completely shut down, uh, it's all on Leonard Fournette. And I don't know if that'll be enough, even though they're playing at home for the Jaguars. So I'll take the Saints easily in this one. Yeah, me too. It surprises me on that line. Yeah, I was I was shocked when I saw that one. We've got the Bengals yeah. at the Ravens. It doesn't uh 0-5 Bengals. I mean, the Ravens are favored by 11 in this one. Uh, you would like to see the Bengals get on the board here with the W. It doesn't seem like this is going to be the week even though the Ravens have shown shown their warts, especially on the defensive side of the ball recently. Ravens at 3 and 2. Is this just an easy one here, Matt? I don't know. I mean, a divisional games familiarity um, I'll take the 11 points. I mean, Baltimore at home, I like the win there. My takeaway with this one is this is a sneaky get-all-your-fantasy-guys-in type of game. I mean, Baltimore's defense is not impressive at all. I mean, they may have a tough time with Boyd and Mixon, and they don't rush the passer or dominate the line of scrimmage that well, even though Cincy's O-line is pretty poor. I don't know if the Bengals' defense is junk. I mean, they're just on the field all the time. I like Baltimore to win, but not by the blowout that many expect. Baltimore's not played very well. And by the way, A.J. Green practicing again? Yeah, And yeah. he might be coming back. He probably will not play this week, but he's getting close, and you wonder if A.J. Green is going to get healthy just in time to be traded or if he's going to come back and actually play the rest of the season for the Bengals. That's definitely a storyline to watch. The Falcons at the Cardinals. Can the Falcons get right here? Both teams coming in with one win on the season. Atlanta 1-4 and four on the road in Arizona to face the 1-3-1 and one Cardinals. It's another fantasy bonanza. I mean, just these Absolutely. are teams you love playing against in terms of putting up points. And I like the Cardinals in this one. I mean, do I trust them? No, I don't trust either defense at all. David Johnson's a little banged up historically the Falcons get killed by receiving running backs, but I think Edmonds is still a pretty good player. I don't think they have much of an answer for Fitzgerald. I think Kyler is coming on well, but this could be 40 to 38. I mean, are the Falcons that bad? They've got to win one I of these. So. Like I, I've, I've been waiting for the Falcons to be like, okay, at least they can beat the Cardinals, right? And so right. the Falcons are favored by two and a half on the road in this one. Um, I do like my home dog situation sometimes. I, I just can't trust the Cardinals. David Johnson is definitely one to monitor. I would go up to game time with this one because uh, David Johnson with a stiff back 
It's looking like he's feeling better and might play earlier in the week. It was like eh, maybe 50-50, but getting closer to, I think, playing maybe is David Johnson. So uh, adjust accordingly if you're going to bet this game or if you're looking at your fantasy rosters with David Johnson. Yeah, I mean, he's a huge key to this game. But I do like Edmonds as a backup. Um, uh, The Falcons could win this one by 20. Don't get me wrong. I just kind of have a hunch that they are as bad as they've looked. Cowboys, the Jets, three and two Cowboys on the road in New York. Sam Darnold back. He will be playing quarterback for those New York Jets. Dallas favored by seven. I think we'll both pick the Cowboys in this one. Is seven points enough? Too many? What do you think? I think that's a, a, a good line, but I'll lay it. Um, between Gallup and Cooper against those awful corners, uh, I think that's a bad situation. A lot of Elliott. I think this is a get-right game. Tyron Smith returns. That's gigantic for this team. People don't realize how much different they are with and without their stud left tackle. And Darnold returns, but he's got to be rusty. I'm excited for him. I like Darnold a lot. His line's really poor, though. I think Dallas gets right in a big way and kind of dominates this one. Yeah, I don't know how much Darnold will actually help because the rest of the team's just not good in New York. So he, he's still going to no. have a rough season, I have a feeling. And I, I hope for a little bit more from the Jets, but they, you know, just talent-wise, they're not quite there yet. You've got your quarterback in place, hopefully. You've got some pieces there, some young stud players, Quinn and Williams, Jamal Adams. The future could be bright. It's a rough go right now for the New York Jets. Let's move on to some primetime games uh, here. How about this real quick? Oh, yeah. The, the Jets, I, I, I saw a stat yesterday. The Jets are... The they average the least yards per drive in the league by a wide margin, including Miami. I included Miami in the league in this drive. Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey average more yards per drive than the Jets. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Think about that for a little bit. Right? Wow, that's a really good one. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's rough. That is very rough. Um, we got the Steelers at Chargers. Some of my 49ers listeners upset that the Niners-Rams didn't get flexed into prime time for this game. Should have. Should have. Steelers coming in 1-4. and four. Uh, Is it going to be Devlin Hodges? Yeah, I think so. Um, even if Rudolph passes the protocol and we'll know that Saturday, he has not practiced with the ones all week. I think he would be the two in this case. You know, just keep him dressed and maybe he would see some action. But I think it will be Hodges. Hodges versus Rivers doesn't exactly scream Steelers win, but the two lines of scrimmage really favor Pittsburgh, in my opinion. Now, this Charger O-line is one of those five or six to me that's just horrible. I expect the whole stadium to be full of black and gold. I mean, everybody, they're down on the team, but they already made their reservations. They're heading out west, and they're going to party it up. (sighs) These teams are both so injured and so disappointing but the Steelers' losses have come by, you know, the, the, their last four losses have been by a combined nine points. I mean, they're playing teams really tough. You saw that with the Niner game. I think they squeak one out, and my biggest reasoning is in the, of the four units, I think Pittsburgh's defense is the best of the four. And again, it's another one of those where the underdog on the road, Steelers, I think I would want to take that. And it's six and a half points here. And the reasoning here is that it's going to be a low-scoring game, so it's going to be tough for either team to win by a lot. So I'll definitely take the Steelers against the spread, even though I think the Chargers can win this one at home. Uh, Again, at 6.5 points, the Chargers are favored. 41.5 is the over-under. Could go under that. 
Um, but I do like some things I've seen from the Steelers. Obviously, the young quarterback is, is going to be a tough one. Maybe they try to get it going on the ground. Sure. I just, yeah, low scoring for sure in that one is what you would have to project there. And Monday Night Football, here we go. NFC North, some major implications here. Can the Lions go on the road and knock off another one? They already knocked off the Philadelphia Eagles earlier this season on the road. 2-1-1 one, and one now are the Detroit Lions. They will be in Green Bay to face the 4-1 and one Packers on Monday Night Football. Yeah, I might change my mind on this Monday if Adams is playing, but I'm going to operate under the assumption that he's not or severely limited. And I like the Lions coming off their bye um, to go get this win in Green Bay. I, I'm starting to buy into Detroit, and both of us owe them an apology. They play a lot of man coverage. That's what the Packers have struggled the most with. I do think Patricia's a very good mind for the game. They have those big beef guys in the middle, too. I don't know that running room on the interior will be easy to come by for Aaron Jones. And Stafford's been playing quite well and pushing the ball downfield. I think this is going to be a tight game, like a 21-20 Lions win. I'm going Green Bay. I can't take any more road dogs this week. Uh, Green Bay (laughs) is favored by four. I'll give away those four points, and I'll take the Packers at home, and we'll see if the Lions are... For real, for real, or just mostly for real? And it should be a fun one on Monday Night Football, so I can't wait for that, and I'm glad it's going to be the only game on in primetime. Give full focus to that, and we will break that one down Tuesday morning. The rest of these we will break down on Monday morning right here, Locked On NFL. Matt, it's been a fun week, and we'll do it all again next week. Absolutely, bud. It was a blast. All right, talk to you guys then right here, Locked On NFL.